booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News this Friday. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. The suspect in the Brooklyn subway shooting is no stranger to law enforcement. Police in New Jersey and New York City say Frank James was arrested more than a dozen times. President Joe Biden's approval rating has sunk to a new all-time low. That according to a new Quinnipiac University poll. Several claims, including her own staffers, say U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein may be unfit for office because of reported memory issues. Russia's wartime flagship, the Moskva, has sunk in the Black Sea off Ukraine's southern coastline after Ukraine claims it hit the ship with a missile. The New York Post reporting this morning a rival offer is brewing, setting up a possible challenge to Elon Musk's $43 billion, yeah, with a B, dollar final offer to buy Twitter. Here's your top five at five. The alleged gunman in Tuesday's Brooklyn subway shooting, it turns out, is no stranger to law enforcement. Frank James, a suspect here, he was arrested in New Jersey more than two decades ago for allegedly threatening his old boss after getting fired. James was also on the NYPD's radar, arrested a total of 12 times between 1984 and 1998 on various charges that range from burglary to criminal sex acts. Here's James being taken into custody on the Lower East Side of Manhattan on Wednesday. Mr. James, anything to say? James appeared in federal court on a terrorism charge yesterday. He remains held. He allegedly fired off 33 rounds, shooting 10 people and injuring 19 others. All victims are expected to survive. A motive here unknown. Investigators are looking into some 450 YouTube video rants posted by James. According to a new Quinnipiac poll released, President Biden's approval rating is at an all-time low. Just 33 percent of respondents said they approved of the way that Biden is doing his job as president. 54 percent expressed disapproval and 13 percent said they didn't know or had no opinion. Biden's approval rating previously hit 33 percent on January 12, 2022, though his disapproval rating at that time was only 53 percent. Here is Fox News contributor Joe Concha. Joe Biden's old boss and Barack Obama, <clears throat> excuse me, was about 10 points higher than Joe Biden is currently at right now. And he still lost 63 seats in the House in his first term in 2010. Boy, uh, that, that that's a scary thing. But it, it seems to be an impression thing at this point. Comparing this to the nationwide Gallup poll, President Biden's lowest approval rating at 40 percent was in the first half of January 2022. Now, according to Gallup, former President Donald Trump hit his low point of 34 percent in the aftermath of the January 6th Capitol riot. Well, there are some big concerns that 88-year-old U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein may be unfit for office. She's a a Democrat here who chose to remain anonymous, told the San Francisco Chronicle that Feinstein couldn't actually remember who she was talking to during a phone conversation and also couldn't recall what they were talking about. In addition to this, four U.S. senators, including three Democrats and three former Feinstein staffers, also told the Chronicle 
that Feinstein's memory is apparently rapidly deteriorating. Here's the senator scolding 10-year-olds for asking for her vote. We have our own Green New Deal. Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do is put ourselves... The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people. And And so colleagues say it appears the 88-year-old Feinstein can no longer fulfill her job duties without her staff doing much of the work. She represents nearly 40 million constituents out in California. The flagship of Russia's Black Sea Fleet, the warship Moskva, sank Thursday from damage suffered from a fire on board while being towed for repairs. Ukraine insists their military struck the ship during a missile attack targeting the vessel, prompting that fire. Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby explains what U.S. intelligence knows about the sinking of the Moskva. We cannot confirm uh, the Ukrainian reports that it was hit uh, by a missile, but we are also not in a position to refute that, uh, that it could have been uh, a Ukrainian missile uh, which struck the ship. Uh, We just don't have uh, perfect visibility uh, on exactly what happened. We do believe uh, that there was a significant explosion. The Russian Defense Ministry reported the ship sank in stormy weather due to structural damage as it was being towed to port. A Ukrainian military spokesman said earlier in the day the boat had capsized and started to sink as a result of the attack. The Russian Defense Ministry said the Moskva's remaining 500-member crew was rescued Some Russian sailors reportedly died in that missile attack. The world's richest man, Elon Musk, may have some uh, competition here in his $43 billion offer to buy the social media website Twitter. A source close to the situation told the New York Post that private equity giant Toma Bravo is working on a possible rival bid for the social media giant. Republican Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin reacts to Musk's offer. And I just believe that this is another step of, of com- competition. And at the end of the day, the competition for ideas is why America is great. And uh, we'll have to see how this unfolds. But I do think this reflects the fact that innovators like Elon Musk can shake things up. The source familiar with the matter told the Post Bravo's firm has an internal team working on this potential transaction. Musk on Thursday made a non-binding offer of $54.20 a share for Twitter, telling the company it was his best and final offer. Shares skyrocketed on that news 18 percent. Musk had also previously bought a 9.2 percent stake in Twitter earlier this month. Looking at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, sunshine today, so nice day, our high near 65. Increase in clouds overnight, the low 54. Tomorrow we have a 40% chance of showers mid-afternoon, mostly cloudy, the high 64. Right now in Manhattan, 53 degrees under mostly clear skies. Well, here's something President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump actually agree on during an interview with Sean Hannity Wednesday night. Former President Trump joined President Biden in calling Russia's war in Ukraine a genocide. Trump made the comments while he was slamming Biden for other policies. This is just so sad to hear because this was all a self-inflicted wound from inflation to the loss of energy independence. It is so sad to watch. And now add to that what's going on in Ukraine. That's a that's genocide. What what's happening in Ukraine is people have never seen anything like that before. 
Trump's comments came a day after Biden accused Russian President Vladimir Putin of genocide. The criminal court at The Hague is investigating Russia's alleged war crimes in Ukraine, Crimea and the eastern region, Ukraine area of Bukha. A federal judge on Wednesday denied a request to dismiss a charge of lying to the FBI against Michael Sussman. U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper allowed special counsel John Durham's case to move forward. Sussman, working for the DNC and Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign, attempted to link a Clinton rival, Donald Trump, to a Russian bank. It's alleged Sussman told the FBI he was not working for anyone when he was allegedly representing Rodney Jaffe, a cybersecurity executive and the Clinton campaign, the judge and Obama appointee, reason that the legal challenges raised by Sussman's lawyers against the Durham indictment may have some merit but cannot be fully ruled on in the pretrial stage. Sussman's trial is set to begin next month. He has pleaded not guilty. The Republican National Committee voted unanimously on Thursday to withdraw from its participation in the Commission on Presidential Debates. It's the organization that has long governed general election presidential debates. The commission has sponsored these debates in each and every presidential election since 1988. The group's co-chairs include former RNC chair Frank Ferenkopf. You're the, the worst way, you president vice... America has ever had. Hey, hey, Come Joe, on. Me... I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. But you I just agree. want to make sure. Joe, you're the liar. I, 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 I want to make sure. You graduated last in your class, not first in your class. That's a little sound from the 2021st presidential debate. Back in June 2021, RNC chair Ronna McDaniel actually sent a letter outlining several complaints about the commission's practices reflecting former President Donald Trump's concerns about the conduct of the 2020 debates. The RNC has advocated for a number of changes to the commission, including adopting term limits for its board and prohibiting members from making public comments about any candidates. The RNC says it has not pulled its future nominees out of the debates entirely, though. A more abortion controversy. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, signed into law yesterday a Mississippi-style anti-abortion measure. It bans the procedure after 15 weeks of pregnancy without exemptions for things like rape, incest, or human trafficking. The bill here goes into effect on July 1, and here is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. This will represent uh, the most significant protections for life that have been enacted in this state in a generation. Additionally, the Kentucky State Legislature on Wednesday overrode a Democratic Governor Andy Bashir's veto of a broad abortion bill that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. In Oklahoma, Republican Governor Kevin Stitt on Tuesday signed a bill into law that makes performing an abortion illegal in the state, with an exception for medical emergencies. The U.S. Supreme Court also appears poised to uphold the Mississippi law that bars abortion after 15 weeks. A Mexican woman reportedly died in a failed climb bid over the U.S.-Mexico border wall. The woman apparently became trapped, dangling upside down on the wall at the Arizona border. This 32-year-old woman was trying to use a harness to try and navigate the wall, but her leg became caught. It's not known just how long this woman was left dangling. The Cochise County Sheriff's Office says the woman was discovered late at night on Monday, April 11th. An autopsy will be arranged to determine her exact cause of death. The Mexican uh, consulate here has been informed. A nephew of notorious crime boss James Whitey Bulger, Jim Bulger, is allegedly being connected to President Biden's son, Hunter Biden. 
Jim Bulger was a business associate of Hunter Biden and, according to emails obtained and reviewed by Fox News Digital, appears to have played a key role in a number of his Chinese business ventures. Here's Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley. I only have enough evidence that that's a legitimate question. I do not have evidence that goes as far as you'd like to have me say it go, or if I could say it, I would say it. Uh, What we do know is that Hunter Biden had arrangements with Chinese business people, the CEFC Corporation, Whitey Bulger was a notorious Boston crime boss who became one of the nation's most wanted fugitives after fleeing Boston in late 1994. He was captured in 2011. Bulger was serving a life sentence for 11 murders and other crimes when he died in prison in October 2018. In addition to being Whitey's nephew, Jim Bulger is the son of William Billy Bulger, who served as president of the Massachusetts State Senate for eight years. Billy Bulger was an ally of John Kerry when he served in the Senate. Kerry's stepson, Christopher Heinz, co-founded Rosemont Seneca with Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. Jim Bulger served as the chair of Boston-based Thornton Group LLC. Now, that's a firm that joined forces with Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca to launch its joint venture with Chinese investment firm Bohai Capital to create BHR Partners. BHR Partners is controlled by Bank of China Limited. 77 WABC Time Check, 515. I'm Justin Ellick here this Friday with a look at sports. Morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. Happy Friday. Weekend right around the corner. Can't complain about that. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Let's begin in Pittsburgh, where the Islanders were in action against the Penguins last night. Not much the Isles could do to fight back from the barrage of offense they faced from the Pens, falling into a quick 2-0 hole in the first period. Jake Gunsel scored twice for Pittsburgh, and Sidney Crosby added a goal as the Penguins double up the Islanders by a score of 6-3, earning a playoff berth for the uh, for the 16th straight season. No playoff hopes in sight for New York, unfortunately, but they still have their pride to skate for. They'll be in Montreal tonight against the Canadians to try and bounce back with a win on the road. That faceoff is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time. The Devils have been out of the playoff discussion for most of the season, but they still have hockey to play as well, as they were in Colorado last night to add another loss to a really disappointing 20. 42 and 6 overall record on the year. They had their work cut out for them in the NHL's top dog avalanche, and New Jersey certainly proved inferior. Arturi Lekkonen had a goal and an assist for uh, Colorado, and Logan O'Connor added a goal and a route to the 3 1 avalanche win. Good for their eighth straight. The Devs will be back on the horse tomorrow night in Seattle to take on the Kraken. Looking ahead to this evening in the way of NBA play in tournament basketball, as both games slated will be played for the overall eighth seed in each conference. In the East, the Atlanta Hawks will be visiting the Cleveland Cavaliers at 7.30 p.m. And out West, the New Orleans Pelicans are in Los Angeles to tip it off with the Clippers at 10 p.m. Now for the stuff that really matters as we head to the Diamond with the Yanks and Blue Jays from Yankee Stadium last night. 24 hours after Vladdy Guerrero Jr. eviscerated Garrett Cole in the Yankees' bullpen with three home home runs on a perfect night at the dish. Luis Severino decided to go a different route against the uh, uh, the powerful young righty bat, striking him out three consecutive times on his way to a masterful five-innings pitch. The right-hander was pumped after concluding his night with the, with his third punch-out of Guerrero. He's just playing the game again. Swing and a miss. Guerrero has struck out three times against Severino. That is a powerful five innings for Luis Severino. You think he's pumped up? Think he likes pitching again? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, powerful five innings indeed from Severino. That call courtesy of Michael K. and the Yes Network. Guerrero would actually strike out a fourth time in the top of the eighth inning. 
for the Golden Sombrero. So how about that? 3 to nothing is your final score from the Bronx as the Bombers will make the short trip to Baltimore to kick off a three-game set against the Orioles tonight. That first pitch is set for 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time. Here with the Early News Sports Update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. And looking at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, our high near 65. Some increase in clouds overnight, the low 54. Tomorrow we have a 40% chance of Afternoon showers after 2 p.m., mostly cloudy, the high 64. And right now we have a reading of 53 degrees, clear skies uh, for Frank Marano. Let's head back over to Frank Diaz with business. I'm Frank Diaz with your business report. U.S. stocks fell with major indexes posting weekly losses as investors are worried about soaring inflation and slowing growth are starting to affect businesses. The Dow Industrials fell 113 points, about 0.3%. The S&P lost 54 points, or 1.2%. A day after the broad index advanced 1.1% to snap a three-day losing streak, the tech-focused NASDAQ composite dropped 292 points, or 2.1%, a day after rising 2%. Well, data from the Commerce Department indicated that U.S. retail sales growth eased again in March as record high gas prices and surging inflation looks to have hit discretionary consumer spending. The Commerce Department said March retail sales rose 0.5% from the previous month to a collective $665.7 billion, just shy of the street consensus forecast of a 0.6% advance. The Commerce Department report showed the February total was revised firmly to a gain of 0.8% from the original estimate of 0.3%. The interest rate on America's most popular mortgage hit 5% for the first time in more than a decade, extending a sharp rise that has yet to significantly slow the red-hot housing market. Government mortgage company Freddie Mac said interest on the average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage climbed from 4.72% a week ago to its highest level since early 2011. Fifteen months ago, mortgage rates were at all-time lows. The fastest three-month increase since 1987 has made the housing market ground zero for the Federal Reserve's efforts to tame inflation. Well, Amazon is taking a step to offset its rising costs, announcing that it will add a 5% fuel and inflation surcharge to fees it charges third-party sellers who use the e-commerce giant's fulfillment services. The Seattle-based company said on its website that the added fees, which will take effect on April 28th, are subject to change and will apply to both apparel and non-apparel items. I'm Frank Diaz with your business report. All right, thanks. Frank Diaz in for Frank Morano, who has... The day off and stocks are closed this morning. Wall Street shuttered for the Good Friday holiday. Brian Benjamin's resignation Tuesday from his post as New York's lieutenant governor is sparking uncertainties for New York's Democratic governor, Kathy Hochul. Here is Benjamin leaving court after pleading not guilty to federal charges. All right, Benjamin leaving court there, being asked questions by reporters but not commenting. Hochul, of course, appointed Benjamin as her lieutenant governor last year when she replaced disgraced former Governor Andrew Cuomo after his resignation. Now she will have to name a replacement. Under election law, it is too late to take Benjamin off the ballot for the June 28th primary. And that raises questions of just what would happen if Benjamin wins the primary and Hochul's ticket wins the election in November. 
New York Democratic strategist Hank Shenkoff unquestionably said it increases uncertainty. The scandal-inducing indictment stemmed from allegations that Benjamin, during his time as a state senator, sought to funnel state funds allegedly to an organization in exchange for campaign contributions to his ultimately unsuccessful 2021 run for New York City Comptroller. In the aftermath of Tuesday's subway shooting in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, security has been beefed up in the New York City transit system. That shooting left 29 people injured, including 10 who were shot. Police Thursday could be seen checking backpacks at some stations. Here's MTA Chair and CEO Jano Lieber speaking to ABC. New Yorkers have just been through COVID. They've overcome Superstorm Sandy. They've been through the financial crisis, 9-11. They are incredibly strong. But... They're also mindful of the need to, for all of us to team up and increase subway safety. Governor Mayor Adams made a commitment to subway safety before this event. And to bolster commuter confidence, NYPD Police Commissioner Keechan Sewell and other NYPD officials took the subways to the NYPD graduation on Wednesday morning. And despite safety initiatives, some commuters say they remain fearful due to ongoing subway crime. A former New York State lawyer claims he was fired for cooperating with the sexual harassment probe that forced ex-Governor Andrew Cuomo from office. Craig Hershowitz is suing, claiming retaliation and discrimination against the state. He worked as an assistant counsel in the governor's Manhattan office right here on Third Avenue. Now, he also blames his ouster on reverse sex discrimination after he joked about the matter with a female colleague. Hershowitz says he cooperated some of the allegations against Cuomo during an April 1, 2021 interview with the state attorney general's office. During the sit down, Hershowitz, who's 40 years old, says he was represented by former New Jersey U.S. attorney Paul Fishman. Fishman was hired to represent Cuomo staffers amid the attorney general's probe. Fishman reportedly directly went to Cuomo's acting counsel, Beth Garvey, and he allegedly informed her of the nature of the plaintiff's statement afterwards, according to Hershowitz's Manhattan Supreme Court filing. According to two sources with knowledge of the meeting, disgraced former Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin was questioned by federal investigators shortly before New York Governor Kathy Hochul claimed she had the utmost confidence in her lieutenant governor. That despite reports of Benjamin being under federal investigation. Here's Governor Hochul. I have utmost confidence in my lieutenant governor. This is an independent investigation related to other people, and he's fully cooperating. The New York Post is reporting Benjamin was actually missing in action in Albany, of course, the state capitol last Wednesday because of the law enforcement interview. Benjamin free on $250,000 bail following his arrest on uh, Tuesday of this week. He pleaded not guilty to a bribery scheme connected to his Failed bid for the New York City comptroller position. He allegedly agreed to use his influence to try and secure a $50,000 state grant for a campaign contributions nonprofit. Two new sub-variants of the Omicron BA2's stealth variant have been detected here in New York. The variant could be behind the recent surge in cases detected in the Big Apple and across the state. Some key experts, though, are still warning that it is too early to put the pandemic into the rearview mirror. Perry Halkittis of Rutgers University speaks to ABC. This is just par for the course. And BA2, which is the Omicron, one of the Omicron variants, you know, is like 65 percent of the cases in New Jersey right now. And so it's highly transmissible. 
The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has extended the nation's COVID-19 emergency for 90 days, and that takes it through the end of July. And they have also extended that federal mask mandate on transportation until at least May 3rd. On Wednesday, New York State announced the detection of the BA-212 and the BA-2121 in New York State. And officials did announce that they have not yet but found uh, evidence that the strains are actually more severe than previous versions of BA-2 or the Omicron variant. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny or high 65, the overnight low 54. 40% chance of showers tomorrow afternoon, the high 64. Right now, 53 clear skies here in Manhattan. Show me the money. Oscar winning actor Cuba Gooding Jr. there in the 1996 film Jerry Maguire. The actor has admitted forcibly kissing a woman. It's all part of a plea deal. The terms include continued counseling for six months and no further arrests. If he complies, Gooding can rescind his plea and plead guilty to a lesser violation of harassment. He's been accused of groping and unwanted touching by more than 20 women. Gooding still faces a civil lawsuit brought by a woman who accused him of raping her twice in 2013. Allegations he has denied. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.